Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O for anyone trying to find us on Instagram. That's where we are primarily. You want to ask questions, you want to ask questions of the entrepreneurs, send them in to at Justin Bizarro or at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. With that being said, I'm very excited. We're back in Nashville with another podcast, another episode. As everyone knows, this is now my new home, at, at least for a long time that I can see. I don't know when I'm going to be leaving here, but um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing here, and I enjoy the city, and I feel a lot of entrepreneurship in this city. Um, and it's like I explained it on the last podcast. I think it's like I'm a fighter, and being an entrepreneur, I need to sometimes like go back to the basics. If you like ever watch Rocky Three, Apollo like drags Rocky back into the the old school gym back in Los Angeles. It's kind of like that as an entrepreneur. And so I'm around a lot of like 20 year olds and 30 year olds that are really deep in the struggle because that's where I am now. Even though I have different tools and skills and finances and stuff like that and abilities it's where I put myself because I needed to be trained as an entrepreneur again so I'm really loving it here making a lot of cool friends I like all the food businesses here I really like the environment so I'm going to stay a long time um, hopefully settle down and uh, with that being said I'd like to introduce Melvo Arndt of Once Upon a Time in France from Nashville Tennessee how are you doing Mel? Hi, I'm doing very good. I hope I didn't butcher your name there. I am so bad at like pronunciation. It takes me a long time, but once I get it, I get it. But I'm hoping we'll be friends because I haven't been to the restaurant yet, but my plan is to get there because I still need to do some photography and stuff based on that. We're okay. relaunching Justin the Food Entrepreneur's uh, social media to, to match the new direction we're going in. We're going to be doing a lot more displaying of food, and I hope – to sort of collaborate with some of the bloggers and stuff that are running around this town because there is a lot of them. They have a lot of good content and they create a lot of good digital and video content. Even at your restaurant, I've seen a lot. So I'm hoping to do that. You've come very well recommended, uh, Mel, from people in town, uh, from bloggers, and from like just people running around and including some of the crew here. Um, They speak very highly of your restaurant and the way you do things. So I don't even know where to start. How does someone from <laughs> France, and I don't know what part of France you're from, end up in Middle Tennessee? Let's start there. Yeah, um, so I'm from Paris. Uh, I also, uh, I mean, I was born and raised in Paris, but I, I lived in the south of France uh, in Montpellier for about eight years, right before I moved to the U.S. So uh, I first, I mean, I first visited Nashville. Uh, I, I was a musician back then. In France, I was actually a sound engineer also in a recording studio. That was called Tennessee Studio. That was my studio, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I uh, I was always obsessed with the the music his American music history and and how uh, important it was in Tennessee with Memphis and Nashville, uh, and how so much of of the American music was created here and how it was important. And uh, I mean, this 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 has already led me to want to come to Nashville and. Uh, one day, I had uh, my best friends. They were uh, hosting uh, couch surfers, and there's a there's a girl that she was from Oregon, and they they said, "Oh, she's American. You should meet her." And all that. so I I talk with her, and her, she's uh, I tell her I show her my studio that's called Tennessee Studio. I said, "Oh, it's my dream to come to Nashville," and she said, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go see my boyfriend in Nashville in September. You should come by." 
<laughs> and usually people would say, oh, yeah, sure, and you never do it, but I did it. <laughs> hey, hey, I just want to pause you there, Mel. I am that same person. Do not seriously invite me or tell me some something <laughs> or want me to go somewhere on some adventure because I will yeah. totally show up for that adventure. But go I mean, on. Yeah. I love this. So, so it, it just happened. That this is funny how, how uh, you know, life works. It, after she told me this, I received a check in the mailbox that I did, did not expect. <laughs> and it was exactly the amount of for the plane ticket. <laughs> so I, t- I said, okay, I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to see how it is. And that was in 2012. And I absolutely loved it. Nashville was pretty different back, back then. Everybody can tell you they changed a lot within 10 years. So I'm proud to say that I knew the old Nashville at the end of kind of the end of the old Nashville. And um, I, I went to Memphis also. I traveled a little bit. It was an incredible trip. Uh, stayed about two weeks. And I really just really, it, it wasn't my first time in the US. I've already been uh, before, but I already, I always knew since I was a kid that I would live in America and I would become an, Amer- an American. That's, that's some, that was one of my goals in life. And uh, so, a few years after, in 2015, I um, I decided to leave everything I had in France to do the. Uh, I left my my apartment, my studio, my girlfriend, my my parents, and I said I'm moving to America. <laughs> and uh, so I already did the old school immigrant thing. I, I can I think I have probably had like fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account when I moved to the U.S. And I, uh, I just made my life here. Um, but the reason of, of Nashville specifically, it's it started with music. I was hoping to, I was a musician too, and I was hoping to make it, maybe make it here uh, like everyone. <laughs> but uh, also like a lot of people, I ended up uh, not doing any music at all. And I kind of gave up on my music dream here. Uh, and in the, in the meantime, I started to the real estate was going really crazy price-wise, and I started to to build, uh, renovate homes, and sell them. And that's that's how I, that's how I made a little bit of money here. Um, but the thing is that I'm in the restaurant business since I was 18. I was working my first job the day of my birthday at 18 because you can't work before 18 year old in France. I know that's that's funny. Uh, so my oh, first I, job. I did I, not know I, that. I did not know yeah. that. You cannot be a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, and work in France. It's it's a bit crazy to me, but you know, they're trying to protect. Uh, I, I grew protect up on a, I, cr- I grew up on a farm, so that totally blows my mind in all aspects. <laughs> but we'll go on. And then everybody's wondering why the economy is going so bad, but in France. But anyway, uh, so yeah, the first day of my birthday, 18-year-old, I started to work in a cocktail bar in Paris that was called the Café Boni, which was very, very popular and. I truly fell in love with the restaurant industry uh, then, and uh, I, I took a little bit turn in my, my career because I, I became a sound engineer, like I said. But I've never really stopped uh, the restaurant business. And uh, so, after when I was in Nashville, after renovating uh, several houses, uh, selling them, making a little bit of money, a better living. I back then I was uh, I was married and I have two children. And my uh, my grand my, my parents, of course, in France, really wanted to see their grandchildren growing, uh, like every grandparents. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, they were also pretty tired of living in France. Too. 
I mean, we can talk about this later, but let's say they really want to change life also. And at that time, I was ready to go back to restaurant business. I was starting to look for uh, to open a, a wine bar because I've, I really think that was, that's what was missing back then. There was almost no wine bars in, in Nashville, or at least in East Nashville back then. Yeah, I uh, agree with you. Yeah, that was like three, three, four years ago. So I, I was in the process of doing all that, and then my so my father is a, is a chef. He uh, did the Ferrandi School in Paris, which is one of the probably the best ones in France. And uh, but he never owned his own restaurant, and uh, and then I, I thought, how can I bring my parents here in, in the U.S. Because immigration is a bit difficult. I mean, it's you can't just come by and. and and see, you know, so I remember that you can get a visa, an entrepreneur visa. So I told my father, hey, instead of opening my wine bar like I was planning to, why don't we open a, a French restaurant, a bistro, because you're a chef and I was planning to open a wine bar anyway. And this would get you guys uh, a visa to come here and live in America. You know? I love how so this, the, the entrepreneurial aspect solves life problems. I just want to make a note of that because it's so true. And I did a post mm -hmm. on this on Instagram not too long ago in my stories, guys. If you want to click on 75 hard, it's in this 75 hard um, story little clips on there. And it has to do with the movie Rad. But it's exactly this. Life's obstacles, even if you're an athlete or a chef or a musician is easily conquerable with an entrepreneurial attitude to get to where you're going. And it's often the difference between making it and not making it is whether or not you can look at the problem and solve it differently. So I love that you did that, Mel. Let's let's keep going down the road, but I just wanted to footnote that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, I mean, of course we agreed on that. We, I started to look for, a, so what's, what's funny is that us Europeans, uh, we, we do things pretty differently than, than Americans. <laughs> when, in, in the U.S., when you know when you want to open a restaurant in the U.S., you you either try to buy an existing restaurant or you're gonna put a lot of money building everything. Yes, uh, yes, we brand we, new with yeah, yep. with a, yeah. You know, like every single equipment, brand new and all that. And that's that's the spirit in America, and it's it's also great. Like uh, I wish I would have that spirit, but we are much more uh, DIYers uh, in in Europe and. I, I found a pretty uh, shitty uh, Euro uh, kebab uh, place that was for sale, <laughs> but it was very well located in Galton Road. It was yeah. it was absolutely falling apart. I think it it might have been even a a mobile home in back in the forties. Like the building was so bad, but and and it has been on the the guy was trying to sell it. It was called Steak and Pizza, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, and the guy was trying to sell it and no one would buy it because americans when they see something like that they're like oh this is a teardown like, yes there's no yeah. way we can do anything with that uh but not me i mean not uh, especially since i've in addition to the restaurant business i've been renovating homes uh and creating businesses myself i've never hired contractors and stuff so i i saw the whole project i was like yeah the the place is the business is cheap, the rent is cheap, the the building sucks, but you know what? We'll make it work. It's gonna get my parents a visa, and that's all that matters. You know what I mean? It's we really thought, uh, like you said, it, we thought it would be a, just a solution for us. Um, and all the lessons learned as an entrepreneur in the hard things and going into the hard situations, 
And I will tell you, Mel, as long as I've been doing this now, I search those out. And it's very hard for people in my life because they don't understand why I'd go mm-hmm. for this. But one man's trash is um, one man's garbage oh, is yeah. another man's yeah, treasure. Yeah. And in America, you are correct about this. We tried. We think that if we make something beautiful, it attracts people. But what we totally miss as American because we are so materialistic and and monetary driven a lot and it doesn't mean that we aren't freedom driven or liberty driven we miss the fact that the beauty and actually what attracts us to those businesses is the hard work and the work ethic and the beauty and the attraction is in the discipline around that not around whether it's beautiful or not because it's shiny and it's a new red ball or shiny ball or whatever so anyway go ahead and I would add, I would add something to what you just said. Uh, as an entrepreneur, that of course not every entrepreneur can build a, a restaurant himself with his hands. I, I've been working construction for a long time, also, I so I know it. how to do it. I love it. I love it. But uh, what I, what I would, would add is that when you do things yourself, truly yourself, you uh, you put your love in, in into the walls of your business into the, the floor into every single thing that the tables i stain them myself i finish them myself every single thing that people touch in this restaurant i built it and i think this this is what i could d- d- call authenticity you know i absolutely and agree it, with you. it's hard to be that authentic when you get a contractor that comes and does absolutely everything for you and all you have to do is to open the the door of your business and it's ready to go. You know, it's, and of course I wish I could do that if I, and I could, but because it's nice, you know, you just go, you find a place for rent, you pay a contractor, you do a, a few floor plans, get a designer and, but that's, that's not authenticity, you know, and that's yeah. what people like. Yeah. And I see, um, it's interesting because I see myself like as a total lion of the world. Like that's like my thing. And I see somewhat of like I'm a gorilla also, but I see the lion hearted part of the life. Okay. And the lion hearted part of life only comes out when I'm actually engaged, I'm involved, I'm invested, I'm present, and I'm putting my heart and soul into the businesses that I run or the family that I'm investing in or whatever I'm trying to get out of right now you know, in the relationships or, or whatever it is. And that's when the lion heartedness shows up. And that's when the businesses do well. But when I try to turn it over to someone else, or I try to make it not authentic to me and, and just do whatever anyone tells me, it shows up in that way. And you see this a lot when pe- when companies franchise, it becomes very mm-hmm. stale. Yep. And for some reason, I don't know how, how McDonald's did it, but they've been able to franchise without the staleness comparatively. Um, and I, mean, I don't know why, but they just do things differently and they regionally do things, but still there's some, it's McDonald's, well, I would, uh, but go I ahead. would say that, um, I would say that, I mean, it's, you can absolutely do something not authentic and it would be a huge success. It's yeah. fine. There's yeah. many, many businesses that absolutely. are completely made up, uh, to be a money machine and it works. And you see that a lot in Nashville, especially in Broadway. Uh, some bars have been here since forever, and some are just purely a business construction, you know, a, 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 a built money maker. <laughs> we, and we, it's fine. We are on the same page on that one. They yeah. just push but money would, from floor to floor yeah. down into trucks <laughs> every hour. It's just crazy. But there's, going, yeah. So there's, there's businesses for everyone. 
there's people that love authenticity and there's people that like that, that like it less they don't they don't care it's fine you know everybody got their own uh thing but if you are authentic people will love it in general it's if you if you just build a business out of out of pure uh, greed and just to just to make money it may work or it may not but when you're authentic really authentic and you do things well i don't see why it wouldn't work you know I agree with you. And I don't think there's a true legacy that makes a positive impact unless it's authentic and vulnerable. But that's just me. Like for me, it's more than just the money. Like there is a huge part of me from the day I was born that just has, if there's not a positive impact behind me, the money doesn't have any value. Even there's piles of it. It's so weird. It's like one of those things that (laughs) I totally like God in a way curse me but also bless me because I'm like, I don't see the value in the money if it comes through non-authentic ways or yeah, not vulnerable yeah. ways, or I didn't do it in a way that's true to me, or I feel that I took advantage yeah. of someone by accident now, but sometimes it happens, not as it's much true, anymore. And it's, but this yeah. is something that, uh, that yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot in the US and it's, uh, yeah. it's just, uh, you have to ask yourself the question, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you building a business and what is it for? Some people do it because they're passionate. Some people do it because they want to do something that's missing. It was it was kind of what we wanted. You know, we wanted to open a French restaurant. First of all, it's because that's, we're French and my father cooks French food. But also because there wasn't any French bistro. Yeah. And we are real ones, you know, authentic ones. And we thought it would be nice to bring this to Nashville so Nashville would have one. And when your intentions are good at the very first, it was never our intent to say, hey, we're just going to create a business to make a shit ton of money. Uh, and that's it. No, I mean, yeah, there's a big risk in doing that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And but, uh, yeah, and my yeah. philosophy is this in life, and it's taken me a long time to get there. If I'm going to do something for the money, I better love it just in case the money yeah, doesn't yeah, show up. Absolutely, and, that's exactly why. I mean, uh, I know some people might hate what I'm going to say, and I don't care. It's exactly why I do not understand uh, crypto uh, currency yeah, me neither. Uh, and, and stocks and stuff and all that. And uh, of course, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money with these. It's fine, but one rule I always told myself is that always create something that you like that you love inside of yourself you know uh, and it will it's already already uh the, the key to success there's much more that comes after that of course but if you start with something that you love personally deep inside of yourself it's it's gonna help tremendously you know Yep. And I'm going to tee up the next question, but I want to just give, I'm going to talk for a little bit before Mm -hmm. I tee it up. And one of the things that I think is particularly important is like, okay, I'm like third generation Italian. Okay. My grandparents Mm -hmm. came over here as children, so on and so forth. So there's a work ethic there. We talk about that, the American dream. The second part is, is that I played soccer growing up and I was really good for, so from ages of 13 and 18, I spent a lot of time in Europe playing soccer as an American. And I mean, there's that whole thing being an American in Europe during that time being <laughs> made, made fun of and, you know, the tough skin and the thick skin it gave me was good for me. But one of the things that I will say as I travel back and forth, I'm a total American patriot, freedom fighter, entrepreneur, free market. But one of the things that being over there so much taught me about, which is one of my core values right now is legacy. It's that life happens in generations. 
It doesn't actually happen in your lifetime. And we don't see that as American because everything is so quick and we build things so fast and we tear them down so quickly and then rebuild. Mm -hmm. And there's not this sense. And even with the families, our families haven't been here long enough to truly look back like we can do in Europe and say, oh, my family's been here. The Bizarros are well diggers. They've been in Naples for holy crap, 2,300 years, you know, uh, they were part of the Knights Templar also, that's interesting, and uh, the Roman army, and they dug wells. And so what does all of that mean? You know, like, what is the legacy that all those people sacrificed so Justin Bizarro could be a free person doing a podcast with free speech in America and compounding a legacy to have the entrepreneur wealth and success? And literally, when I'm talking about wealth, I'm not only talking about money, guys. I'm talking about holistically where I am in my life right now and what has happened to me, especially over the last year to and four years to give me happiness really and joy and what I would call actually purity um, but that be is because of what we're talking about here it's understanding the long-term goal it's investing in and being authentic and present in the things I need to be present and if someone's investing in me or in my business I have to give them time right I have to say hello oh my gosh this person actually cares about me and maybe they're not trying to get something from me. I need to invest in them too, whatever that looks like. Because there's a lot of people that believe in us as entrepreneurs and our businesses that we often don't give the time of day at, that if we just give a little more to or built a long-term relationship, they could be huge advocates of our business. So I want to say that. And then, so I'm going to ask you this. What started this dream? I guess you were born with it of being an American. Like, how did it resonate i mean it's a manifestation really like for me it's an entrepreneur it started from the day i was born like i don't know how but from the moment i can remember it's just like i wanted to provide people with solutions and get paid for it and so it's how did this come about yeah i i I think there's several things that that influenced me i knowing america enough i know it to know that i was born American in my head because so much of the values, the great values that have made this country uh, are values that I, that was the most important to me. And and I just always see myself, every time I would go to America, I see how people live, as, uh, the, and the, the beauty of this country also, you know, I always thought this is where I belong. This is, uh, even though I'm French and uh, I'm, very very patriotic about france also but this country suits me more um i would say of course also (laughs) that i'm a child of the 90s and the soft power uh, of american soft power and in the culture back then was huge i was raised on american music american movies american tv shows uh everything was american you know and everything was big and strong it was uh, Rambo, uh, Rocky, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the, all that, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, America was, was for the, the bold and the strong and the, and it was uh, go big or go home. And, and it was a very extravagant and, and this is how I see myself inside. You know? Yes. I love that. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. And always and we just lost, trying... I, I think go ahead. it's a little bit, it's pretty sad in my opinion that we're losing this spirit. Agreed. Uh, the great spirit 
that didn't last too much after the year 2000 and all that, the great spirit of thinking, uh, it has caused a lot of troubles for Americans, but in another way, I liked when Americans were proud to be Americans and when Americans were uh, proud to themselves are, that they were the best and, uh, and all these things are, that's what made America such a great country. You know, people moved here from, like you were saying, uh, from Italy or people were like from Ireland and, and they start, they came to this country to start a new life. Uh, they came from great poverty pretty often. And they came to the U.S. and they said, that's it. This is our place. This is our new legacy. This is where we're going to establish. And they never stopped working and they worked hard and to make a great new life, you know, and we should not forget this. I think a lot of people tend to forget that. Yeah, they forget that the legacy of 2000 years of hardship in Europe uh, for Mm -hmm. the, you know, the legacy of maybe 100 years of glory here in the United States. And even that there was a Great Depression and wars that really tore apart this country 70 to 100 years ago. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and Europe as well. So it's one of those things I think we lose perspective. And I think we forget that in America, we are so sheltered and protected. We are yes. we have the best of the best. Like there's no doubt the best of the best, even in the worst situations. And I know there's huge poverty here, but even in that, there's still resources yeah. and stuff that's not available everywhere else in the world. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and I would say... Uh people in general do not forget one thing don't forget that america is the number one uh, richest country in the world you yeah. know so it's uh it's huge they're, they're number one i mean it's what you have here is incredible you had so much opportunities there's so much resources in the u.s you can do anything go ask all the immigrants why they move you know they're going to tell you the same thing because you can make it in america and you it's not true that the American dream is 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 over. It's it's completely there. I'm living it right now. You know, it's. Uh, I think what happened in that is that the U.S. Uh, is so spoiled. People grow up yeah. with so much comfort, so much yeah. that they don't realize what they have. Yeah. And I, I encourage them to to travel and to even live abroad. And they're probably gonna love it. And then they will be like, okay, I want to go back to the U.S. <laughs> well, and I, yeah. it's a, and I talk about this on my other podcasts, Centurion Leadership Italian Podcast, but it's really that. It's about getting experience in life. It's about getting education. It's about going and exposing yourself to the world. And I believe in exercise just because it brings me such mm-hmm. balance. And I'd probably kill someone if I didn't exercise on a regular basis, just so we're all aware. I grew up on Rocky movies also and, and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, and I'm very, like, driven, and I want to win, and I want to be the best always like it's very hard and and i will tell this also i love it and i think it's important because it also drives the people around me to be better because i'm always pushing them not by being a jerk just by pushing like we're all being competitive and we all push each other even in the podcast even here i don't know i can't even remember what number we're on now in nashville because they're flying by but we're improving at such a rapid rate and we're winning and high-fiving and it's cool and so it's about tying it to the winds also and tomorrow's a new day and tomorrow is full could be full of disasters and not winning but it's it's just the way it is um one of the reasons i agreed to do this podcast again and really push into nashville um and you touched upon it is i do believe we're losing that american spirit that we're yeah. losing that entrepreneurial fight for free markets and that we are the richest country and everyone should be pay more to play in our sandbox 
And yeah. if we're going to protect our free market, we as entrepreneurs and food entrepreneurs have to fight for that. And I'm in a group called the Arite Syndicate, which is a group of entrepreneurs that truly believe in fighting for the good in the world. And free markets is good and entrepreneurship is good. So that being said, uh, go ahead, Mal. I didn't mean to, yeah, to go on. No, there. it's uh, I think it's funny also that immigrants are here to remind you that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. We come from somewhere else. We know how life was in other countries. And I'm talking about France. And France is not a poor country, France is. But ask your Indian, you know, uh, a neighbor, ask uh, people from Afghanistan, ask them about their life and ask them about the U.S. And sure, they might complain about a few stuff. Of course, America is not perfect. No country is perfect. There's a lot of things that are wrong in this country, too. But overall, it's a great, great, great place to live, and it's a place where you can thrive. And losing this American spirit, I really don't like to to see that because if we don't do anything, if we don't regain this pride of being such a great people, and when I say people, I talk about everyone here in this country. Uh, I, I hate to see this division, you know, between the left, the right, this and that. And I'm like, guys, realize that you are Americans. We need to stick together. Absolutely. And, and to make this country uh, go uh, forward even better. You know, I mean, it's a uh, people don't I think they don't realize. Uh, and it's funny that immigrants are here sometimes to remind them. Uh, it's like uh, it's like what I, I call it the single men syndrome because single men do nothing for single men for any integrity because most men are I'm going to say it whores and they just yeah. like any girl that gives them attention they have no confidence oh yeah you, I'll use you for confidence for myself whatever woohoo mm -hmm. and it's just like but it's what we're doing in America. Like we're allowing everyone to come in and use us and woohoo, and they get what they need out of us and we're left with nothing because that's really what happens in this transaction. And and it's interesting because I've been in food service and I will tell you this and we're on with this topic and I will tie it to the Centurion Leadership Battalion again, which is that in the United States, our, almost our entire food service system, whether it's schools, uh, jails, long-term care homes, and now hospitals are almost all controlled by Sodexo, which is a French company. And so we oh, do yeah. this thing as Americans where we wonder why this attitude's going on. And we just heard how they don't want anyone to work till 18. So we don't instill any work ethic till 18. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm going to point it out. And so, but yet they're running our businesses that take care of our elderly, and our kids. So our most two important aspects of a civilization and food being the number one thing that provides nutrients and stuff, I wonder who's doing the politicking and the pushing for what and what foods in those systems, you know? So you just have to, we have to be more aware of what's going on, even as food entrepreneurs, where mm -hmm. we get our food from. And so yeah. it's just, I wanted to point it out just because it happens to be a coincidence and I am familiar with it. But let's talk about the food. How did you develop the menu? What are your most common items? Like you're from France and, and so, yeah. and you're the first truly French restaurant that we've had on the show because i will say that so let's explain what the differences between french cuisine and and other cuisine a little bit for the audience and maybe how you develop yeah. the menu and we'll get back into the business side in a little bit okay uh so i mean it's important to note that our restaurant is a bistro so it's not a restaurant per se uh that has caused us a few you know clients not understanding why they were 
five people sitting on a table for two, uh, why people were, were yelling, <laughs> why it was so crowded and loud and all of this, because it's a bistro. It's like Europe, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone and, just sits bistro, at the table, oh, there's an extra seat, can I sit here? Yep, you can yeah, sit yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, French bistros are, are um, they're inviting, they're loud, they're uh, cheaper than a restaurant, they're affordable, they are, uh, and they have simple food and and this and most of it it has traditional food and you talked about legacy earlier this is exactly uh that makes me the the, the happiest is that i'm able to bring the traditions of my country into the u.s and by doing this i'm doing a favor to france and a favor to the u.s um because i'm so happy that people can try recipes that french people have been eating for centuries and that are simple, but like boeuf bourguignon or uh, dog confit or cassoulet, all, all these are very, uh, very traditional. Uh, a, a lot of them are slow cooked um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, France was pretty poor. Uh, in uh, I mean, of course, not when you were a royalty, <laughs> but uh, so people had they uh, they had to cook. Uh, food that could last for several days and re be reheated and they um they also uh, uh had to use an, an entire animal so a lot of french food for example will have uh Whole strange you know organ or <laughs> that you would know you would eat you know pig feet or or beef liver or uh or lamb brain is one of my favorites yeah dishes. me too and i love weird food and trying new things yeah. and that's one of the things i love about french food so much because it utilizes the whole animal and yeah it's all part of the experience so and, uh, it's so much better that way so i also i read this in a book that uh one of the reasons why american food uh was not didn't have that much variety i'm not talking about you know immigrants bringing you know chinese food or, or italian but the basic basic american food you can easily uh tell all the dishes uh yeah. you know right now i mean it's it's fine the burgers the, the hot dogs the uh, ribs the barbecue all that i mean it's it's just part of the u.s uh but the reason why it's not very uh doesn't have a lot of variety it's because when the settlers I mean, not in the very early times, but in, in American history, uh, this country had so much resources uh, as far as animals and even even soil and agriculture that they never struggled too much to to feed in the U.S. You know, yeah. so there was no reason to eat uh, the lamb brain. Yeah, you know what I mean. You just keep the best of 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 the the meat, and then then it was fine. There was so many cows and buffaloes, and <laughs> you know, bisons and. So, uh, so, uh, so that's that's the difference with France. Uh, France is uh, French people went through tough times. They had to eat anything they could find. They went through very harsh winters in some places. They had to eat, you know, stuff that they would never eat if they had the abundance of food. Yeah, and I will point this out also. And I just bumped my knee against the mic. Sorry, guys. I don't know um, how I did that, but I did. And. Um, um, like I'm trying to like stretch my hip a little bit and I bumped the thing. So the, um, but I want to talk about this. There's, I've been in health food my whole life and, and especially in hospitals and health food direct to homes and, and related to CrossFit and athletes. And one of the things I will tell you is that health wise, 
we as Americans lack a lot of nutrients and minerals and and things that we need in our diet because we don't utilize the whole animal because we haven't had this and i agree with you now that is exactly the reason we have it and it's the reason we have so many land dumps and we waste so many product and we buy things and wear it once and throw it away because we've never had the constriction even during the depression it lasted very short period of time before we boomed out of it just by the nature of the american attitude and but what it on the flip side of it is, is we don't appreciate the things because everything comes so easy to us. Okay. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, that's the whole trophy thing we talk about in America. We've we've even escalated to everyone gets a trophy even for eighth place. So <laughs> that's part of the problem. And so I love this that it's part of the cooking, and it's interesting to me because culturally it's part of the cuisine, but not necessarily part of the culture. And in the United States, while we have this sort of cultural mentality of of be powerful and and take the world bull by the horns, we don't utilize our food properly to actually be the most powerful humans and be the most powerful thing. So it's weirdly that there's this kind of offset of each other, but the reality is if Americans ate properly, utilized the whole animals, and still had the American attitude, no one could ever mess with us because of that surplus and because yeah. of that variety and diversity of food. And that's yeah. the truth. And, and guess guess who uh, eats these in the U.S.? Uh, uh, you know, liver or, or, or a lot of uh, parts of the animals, a lot of Latin people. Yeah. You know, and 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 of course <laughs> European people too. And uh, but the you the the, the uh, Americans uh, from generations and generations don't buy that. They don't go to to a store and they think, oh, I want to get that. Uh, I mean, it's pretty rare. Uh, uh, that's why I love I love my uh, the the Mexican uh, grocery store not far from my house because they have so much stuff that I, I recognize that I ate in France and I'm so glad that they haven't. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. When I lived in Astoria, Queens, you could get all the unique stuff. Like I like beef tongue. I don't know why. It's just something yeah, I like. Beef tongue is incredible. And so the and beef cheek and all of those type of things. Like I actually like mm-hmm. the whole cow. I like the insides. I like the intestines <laughs> yeah. barbecued. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like blood yeah. sausage. It took me a while to get used to it, but I really do like it now. Mm-hmm. And um but it's just I don't know why, but as an entrepreneur, as a person in the world and trying to live in the world and regenerate the world and make it better than when I left it, I feel that you have to utilize the whole animal. And if I want my generation or my legacy to be better than me, we've got to be eating better because we're missing yeah. the whole part of also, like we're trying to hack the human genome, but we miss the part yeah. that made us special in the first place, which eat and, the whole animal. Absolutely. And also uh, this is a good uh – also a good way to remember your ancestors you know that that they had to do that for you to be here they had to go through this they had to and we're here we complain about every little things and i'm like guys just do you realize what your ancestor went through for you to be here with abundance of everything and everything's easy everything you know let's let's not forget about them and and besides that it's very good for health every you know beef liver is very very good for health there's so much so i mean why not why not eating it and uh you can cook it like a like a steak almost just grill it on a, on a pan and it's, it's very very good and i will tell i want to tell the audience this and i'm i'm trying to do this and i announced something on my social media a few weeks back where i'm not the same person anymore i was back in august and i'm 
transitioning and I've changed my diet even more. Like I've already perfected it pretty good, but something I did weirdly, and this I talked about this on another podcast, all this energy and the right people are coming into my life onto this podcast now that I've been in Nashville. And this is part of what I'm talking about is I've really diversed my diet and I'm using whole animals. Like I do a lot of dirty rice just because I like rice, vegetables, and a protein in my diet just because it functions well with the way I exercise and the energy I need and stuff like that. And then I'll just back out the rice and replace it with a sweet potato here and there or back out the rice or starch completely when I need to. But my point being this is I mix the proteins. And not only the diversity like alligator and whatever, and I've been really doing a lot of this the last couple of weeks because I found a market here in Nashville that has like a really cool, cheap variety of all this stuff that I'm going to try to get on the podcast. So I'm not going to plug them yet. But it's um, but to your point, I feel better. My body's better. I'm functioning at a higher level like my mind, like I almost feel like my eyes are like like dilated all the time in a sense because I've started <laughs> to go back to more of not just like I was pretty diverse in my proteins and my diet anyway, to be fair. But now I've upskitted where I have started putting liver in. I just talked about beef cheek because I ate it last night. I made a stir fry with it and it was outstanding. And so, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of time to feed myself. So it's easier like, oh, okay, I'm going to vary my protein. I'm going to vary my vegetable. I'm going to vary my starch, you know, brown rice, white rice, dirty rice, sweet potato, white potato, whatever. Um, I don't really eat much bread, but I do. If I was at a French restaurant, I need to get all that good sauce. <laughs> so um, let's talk about that. What's your favorite dishes? Like not, not only that you guys have at your restaurant, let's talk about that. But in what general, is it in general? So uh, as far as uh, uh, weird foods that we were talking about, I would say that marrowbone is absolutely yes. incredible. Oh. Uh, just salt and pepper on and grill. I mean, in, in the in the an oven uh if it's a, actually a wood oven it's even better it's delicious <laughs> um and you just you just eat it with a little bit of bread uh just almost to like spread it on the, i'm not spread it but just put it put on the bread um as far as dishes so uh duck is uh yeah, me duck too. in general is really one of my favorite favorite uh uh food uh, me too, especially actually. yeah especially in the, the so the southwest uh food in france it's really one of my favorites. That's where cassoulet comes from. That's where uh, the duck coffee, uh, uh, piment d'espelette, all, all that. It's very, uh, it's, it's really my favorite. So, yeah, I just like to, but French food, you know, it's just, uh, sometimes you just need salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, you can do things pretty simple. A lot of, uh, well, I mean, I'm exaggerating, of course, but a lot of French food is is garlic, onions, salt, pepper, yeah. uh, and good ingredients, and that's it. And just <laughs> simple, basic, and they're good, like they're whole. And I mm-hmm. think that that's part of it is that there's, and I'll I'll use Germany as an example in their purity law with beer. Like I feel there's a sense of authenticity in the food and the way it's cooked and the ingredients in a true French cuisine, and even in Turkish. Yeah. Um, and and in traditional Indian food, and maybe and even in China, not Chinese food in America, in China, yeah, authentic yeah. Chinese food. There's a lot of tradition and legacy, and I think that's what we're talking about here. Is you have these clusters, and they're not everywhere. France is one, I would say. Turkey for me is one, just because of the amount of spice that's there in the cuisine that's developed around it, and the legacy and diversity between uh, Jewish. 
Christian and Muslim culture mm-hmm. and food as well. And then India, just because yeah. of the diversity of food and plants and culture and spices culture, yeah. and everyone thinks mm-hmm. India is one country. It's really like 27 and one. Oh yes. <laughs> and it's crazy. And then mm-hmm. China, just because it's been around so long and most of the food that that's, I would say, started off being mass produced in any way, sort of came out of China as we know it, um, just because, you know, noodles, rice, pizza, those type of things all generated from there to the best of my knowledge, not all of it, but mm-hmm. it goes back and they use a lot of animals. Like they're not afraid to use the frogs and the fish and whatever. And yeah. are they over hunting and overfishing? Yes, big time. We need to think about and that. Sometimes That's- they didn't even have the, the choice. Actually, they just had to eat. So whatever yeah. they could find, but they had to make it good. You yeah. know, I mean, it's like, a, yeah, you, you have to find, uh, if you're going to find an ingredient that's strange or, or that you don't necessarily want to eat, but you have to, uh, might as well at least try to make it taste good. So <laughs> I know. And I yeah. and listen, I've tried, like, guys, I'm adventurous. I, I'll eat bugs. I, I've eaten rats. And the rats were always interesting <laughs> to me. Like, they're, and I've eaten squirrel and rabbit before, so it's not much mm-hmm. different to me. The, rats are own they like there's something that mentally in my head that they taste like garbage because they're around garbage all the time but i got over it but mm-hmm. it really any animal that has a protein base they take yeah. whatever it is in the world and they create something that can benefit you and in some nutrient way and it's crazy to think about because pigs really do a good job of this they take a lot of stuff and they process it in their body and yeah. it gives yeah, us yeah. a lot of um great stuff particularly fat um and so I love all this. So mm-hmm. if I would you... say, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I would say also as a, just as <laughs> I know vegetarians are not going to like what I say, but it's, uh, although it's, it's important just as a respect for the animal, yeah. we cannot just take the best part and leave the rest. It's just not possible. Of course they would say, oh, you kill it. So what's the respect in it? Okay. But uh, if you kill it to eat it, you have to eat all of it. I agree. My, uh, I'm gonna tell you a story that's funny. We talk about weird food, but uh, my I found my dog. Uh, she she killed a groundhog in my backyard. She went crazy over it and killed it. And uh, but I took it and I processed it and I cooked it because <laughs> I thought, well, first of all, I wanted to try. I never tried. <laughs> and second, uh, I thought, you know, she killed it, and it's, it's kind of I don't know. It's just uh, I don't like to see. Uh, something being wasted, you know. Yeah, um, my uh, on my mom's side of the family, they are hunters and they are mm-hmm. are that type of thing. Pennsylvania, you know, deer's uh, trout's unlimited, um, whatever white-tailed deer. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the deer organization, but very into that. So yes, I've I've had groundhog. There was no animal that was wasted, but it is because of this. It's because when you see the purpose of the animal as if it's going to die, its whole existence needs to be purpose. It's why yeah, we exactly. should donate our organs as humans, honestly. But I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into that. Yeah. And yeah, so I put this on my driving license. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, but it's for the benefit of us and it should be passed on. Otherwise, that whole life that we're worried about, we just killed. Now we're really wasting it. Not only did we kill it, great, and that's your argument, yeah. but we wasted it. That's the yeah, part that's yeah, yeah. hard for me is uh, I get the yeah, killing absolutely. part. Sure. But now you're literally you're making a decision to waste the life that it represented. Yeah. 
by not yeah, utilizing that's... the whole animal and taking advantage of it. So Absolutely. for me, it's that, and I have this alignment thing where my alignment has to be with God. And for me, it's like, okay, God put this thing here. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to eat it, I got to make sure yeah. I figure out how to eat the whole thing because he obviously put it here for a reason. If it's for me to eat it and my nutrient yeah. to me to be the best person possible, it's probably everything that thing's got even for me, even the marrow. So boil it out of the bones. Mm-hmm. And so I've become doing a lot of that like i said particularly the last two weeks and trying to well round out my food like bone broths and and boil my own bones and you know pull the chicken myself and cook the chicken and and just trying to figure it out as a food entrepreneur but also i don't want to say foodie because i feel like foodie goes out in the world it's almost like i'm trying to respect the food and utilize the food but also use my voice on this podcast eventually and this entrant leadership battalion podcast to help do exactly what you're saying is, guys, restaurateurs, entrepreneurs in the food space, consumers, we need to really think about utilizing the whole animal. And mm-hmm. and it's out of respect for them, and I agree with you. So um, I'm glad we talked about that too. That really hits home with me. So I'm very passionate about that. It really yeah, means the world to me, um, especially when we talk about death and we can get into how much death is in tilling the ground some other time versus animals. But if we're going to do it, we need to utilize it and be smart, not just yeah. waste it. It's not well, just that's like, why I, uh, I, 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 if you, if you kill an animal and you're going to eat it, uh, you're a hunter that, and it's, that's what we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years to yeah. survive. But if you kill an animal just to kill it, for me you're a killer you know what i mean yeah and, and that's uh, the I, distinction I'm not, I'm not i'm not criticizing people that hunt for for sport and 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 that's it but it's not me i would never be able to uh, and I, we I, and yeah. we i agree with you 100 percent. and that it's that black and white i i yeah. and and i am right there and i don't know why i know there's a lot of gray in the rest of life but <laughs> it is right there if you're going to kill an mm-hmm. animal it, ha- it you better eat the whole thing or eat yeah, it yeah, yeah. and it's not for sport okay because sport is killing like you're literally taking a life for pleasure and so yeah it's not gaining any nutrients it's not for passing on a legacy from that animal onto and, a human and it's once again uh not doing any good to your ancestors i mean i always uh, it's maybe yeah i always feel like my ancestors are watching me you know sure. I, I, so I, I feel like that way and uh, and if they went through difficult times uh we can't not think about them or any things that we do you know yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I look both ways. I found that I really, I don't want to let my ancestors down. That weighs a lot on me, but I don't want to let my future kids or grandkids or mm-hmm. grand grandkids down by not planting the right seeds in the world yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And you, even with a future family, whatever that looks like, making sure I find, you know, you find the right partners in life that help build these legacies. Because if you don't, it doesn't do any good and you're wasting your life just like we wasted that animal's life when we killed it. And so Mm -hmm. if we don't eat it. And so it's like that to me, I don't want to waste my life and I don't want my life to be unutilized and my purpose to not have been served. And so I feel very strongly in what you're saying. And it's one of the particular reasons as I've traveled the world and been a food in the world and I love the world and travel and an entrepreneur, but it's interesting because if I were like, oh, if nothing mattered, where would I live? Uh, like I'd run around like 
South America and Africa or something trying all the food. But if it really yeah. was I had to live there with the, the modern day culture and the modern day aspects, I would not leave North America. And I know that's shocking for people to believe as someone who loves travel and food as much as I do. But the thing is this. There's so much food here. I love yeah. competition. I love shark infested waters. And there are no <laughs> entrepreneurs like the United States. I mean, there are really yeah, bad yeah. ones that are after the money, and and they're they're great for a good the good fight. Trust me, but mm-hmm. I I can't see myself anywhere else because um, while I say that those places would be great, and I would love to live there, and that's where I would go. The reality is, is I'm going to be an entrepreneur to the day I die. I was born that way, and just like. Um, we talked about like there's a certain amount of core values that are instilled in me and those core values match the culture that I'm in also and we forget that in America because we don't travel outside the United States at all to see other cultures and if we do it's very padded and it's like what I would call like you take your American bubble and it transports you into another country and you kind of walk around in your American bubble and then you go home (laughs) you know and so it's not real, and, and I see it in tourism all the time. Go ahead. This, uh, this uh, spirit of entrepreneurship that has made America the number one, you know, richest country in the world. <laughs> I'm going to say this again, but it also, I think, comes from people's ancestors. They they were immigrants. They come, came from poverty, and when they moved to this new country, they had so much will uh, to power. There's so much will to. Uh, to, to do things and this spirit I think really stayed and this is what dro- drove this country where it is now in and a lot 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 of the greatest entrepreneurs in I mean most of them search about their history uh, their biography and you'll see that they they come from Europe you know I mean it's a they um they had that that spirit that they really wanted to absolutely to, to do something they couldn't do in their own country and uh, well, and that's what it was, right? Like my grandfather came over. He had a cabinet business, a gas station, a lumber yard, and mm-hmm. an accounting thing. And he built all those as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And he came over here as a kid. He had nothing, no education, nothing. Yeah. Didn't even speak. But he English. wanted to make it. He wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a. Be better. It's, it's it's the way it's the way immigrants usually think when they move somewhere. Why do you move somewhere? I'm not talking about you know the city finding a job that makes you move someplace. I'm talking about deciding to leave your roots, to leave your culture, your language, your people, and move somewhere else. If you do this, if you have the, the, the balls to do that, I would say it's for a reason. It's, and, and when you did move, you already have that spirit um, of wanting to, to do something, you know? Yeah, and I agree with you, and it's like, and it's a smaller scale, but moving to Nashville has been that for me also. It's been like I picked up, I've left everything, and I'm here, I didn't know anyone. And other than these contacts and business and a few consulting projects I'm also working on and then the podcast thing. And I'm like, okay, like we're going to do this. But I agree with you. It feeds me. And Mm -hmm. because I am aware of what my ancestors went through, and I will tell you, I had to be very careful in my like late 20s, early 30s, because I would get almost angry with people when they were wasting their life or wasting yeah. the thing because at by that point I had like everyone's out partying and doing whatever I was hustling I was trying to work on business grow businesses I don't know why I just didn't want to waste my life and um, 
And by the time I started having like some financial success, I would say the the personal success, the confidence comes long before the money, just at, interestingly or or whatever. The confidence to leave your situation like you did and come to the United States came long before you made it in America. Like that confidence has to happen before the money comes and you make it and get comfortable yeah. or find the restaurant, period. And um, and so I don't remember my mate where I'm going with this, but really what I'm trying to say is there's this American driver that if you really look at your ancestors like we're talking about here, mm-hmm. um, that it's sh- like what they went through to so you could buy Starbucks. Like it really, yeah. it always occurs to Absolutely. me like how much realize. did that not, you think your ancestor would spend $9.25 on coffee? I just don't, I'm like, okay. And you know like, what? I don't we- think so. Most of the homes in America have air conditioning. I know. Uh, cars have heated seats, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> people move from Ireland from, from famine with, with a tiny suitcase, and that's all they had. I know. And hero, look at us. You know, uh, everything's so nice, and but that's what's making America numb. You know, I think that's what's that's not helping. That's creating generations and generations of future Americans that are so bathed in comfort that. All, all they can do is actually complain that life is not great because if you create the comfort for yourself you will truly enjoy life but if you always had it uh, it's it's not natural to me yeah you know? um, and I'm gonna share this and this is why Nashville why I know I'm supposed to be here on the entrepreneurial mission and and bringing light to the entrepreneurs here and and like we talked about, Nashville is a different place than it was 10 years ago. And I've been coming here for like since I was a kid and horse shows and and growing up on a horse farm. So it's way different now than then. And when Luke Bryan's bar was the bank, you'd deposit the money you'd go, make from a horse sale in. And um, but, you know, and I've, I'm not I don't go to bars. That's not my thing. Like I like food and like I'm all into mm-hmm. uncapping my potential. So alcohol is not really my thing either. Um, but it's one of those things where I get uncapped in my potential by being around other entrepreneurs like you guys and what's going on in here in Nashville. So that's really special. But I will tell you the one question, there was one question. I didn't know what I wanted to do and I wasn't sure I was going to do this podcast. And there was a point where I wasn't even sure I wanted to stay in Nashville because I sort of been jumping around and thinking about things here. And I've had these weird opportunities here, including a book over the last two and a half years that have kept pulling me here, but I'm like, no, no, no. But I I randomly, I like heard a song, it's my favorite song, the Shania Twain song, just since I was a kid and I'm a total, I was taught to champion love, romance, intimacy, and um, sexuality, just as my core values going to all boys school, as well as, you know, being a rebel and an entrepreneur, all of those things were instilled in me as, amongst other things and a lot of other core values. But that being said, is she asked me a question. Like, it was almost like the like I walked in. I liked the song. The person walked up. She like literally. I don't even know how beeline me. I don't remember what I said. But she weirdly asked me this question: If you had to leave your home, and not including anything living, not your dog or your family, what would be the one thing that you couldn't live without? Because I mean, we carry everything with us all the time. And it was an interesting perspective because I didn't know what I was going to do and I was on the fence. But it's truly is the thing is, what do we really have that we've collected over a lifetime that we can't just walk away with? Is it really all the material things? Like the only thing I could think about was the dog tags, 
from my best friend that passed away in Iraq and Afghanistan. And like that would be something I wouldn't want to live without. But if I lost it, I still have the memory. So it was so weird. Well, that's that's of a true question. wealth, you know. Yeah, and it was so interesting to me, and she blew me away um, by the question and how it was weird that how I needed that question in that moment, weirdly, and how it all tied together by being opportunistic, which is important to be an entrepreneur, in my opinion, and go where the opportunities are and take the risks and be fearless. But what it's brought me here, but it's to the point where we get so tied up in all the material things like we could have so much more wealth if we save and invested in ourselves like the thing about entrepreneurs and what you talked about the stock market and stuff is that we take that money and we invest it in the market and we invest in other people always we never invest in ourselves and it's no, mind-boggling absolutely. and america in particular absolutely. but the world also we don't take that money and go be entrepreneurs ourselves or invest in ourselves or in our family or in our dreams so i think that that's one of those things that just happens you know it's and, true and it's it's sorry to cut you but it's it's pretty sad because uh to see in the u.s a lot of times like uh, of course, it's it's not everyone, but a lot of times when people know they have to spend time with their family, they they think they're gonna be bored or they think they they don't want to go on Sunday uh, lunch or something, and it's it's sad. I mean, people forget that family is the most important thing. The you know, in invest in your family. I'm not I'm not even talking about money, but that's yeah. what I was saying. It's true wealth. That's that's where there it is. You know. Yeah. And, and that's I'm what out. it is for me. I mean, for me, it's God, family, and then business. Like, that's just my order. It always has been. It always will be. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. I can't, if I go out of line, I get screwed up. And, um, but the reason for that is because I don't know the real plan. And I am one person amongst 8 billion at this point. So while I'm mm-hmm. going to have impact and influence and make the most of my life, I also understand it takes more than just me. And I also understand that in doing that, I need to positively influence everyone around me and be a yeah. good person. And so that's part of why I do the podcast is like, I like the pollination. I like going out in the world and helping people. And I like meeting entrepreneurs like yourself who are actually vulnerable and authentic and tell the story. And in this particular case, I did not plan this guys and I did not know it was coming, but it fits in this ethos that I'm trying to figure out how to weirdly merge into my life right now in the podcast which is the american spirit which is the american dream which is patriotism and you sort of mm-hmm. brought it in and we did not plan that and it is important to me um that that it it is and i think there's going to be some posts and some podcasts that we're going to do about the american dream and and what it means to me but you've just done it in a nutshell without me having to say it and <laughs> you've been able to talk about it so is there anything you want to close off with? I mean, first off, I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you on social media and the address mm-hmm. of your restaurant and, and yeah. what that looks like. And everyone, I will get over there and I'll do photos and put them on Justin at Food Entrepreneurs mm-hmm. as we're relaunching that social media site. Um, and I want, before I forget, I would just want to say thank you to Spotify because if I don't, I'll forget at the end and then I'll have to go cut it in. So thank you very much. I appreciate all of that and all of the other syndications, but particularly that one, obviously. So the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, th- thank you for the podcast. Of course, uh, it's uh, if I had to add one thing for for entrepreneurs or people that want to 
that want to build something is uh, be genuine, be be yourself, be authentic. Don't don't try to cheat. You know, don't try to don't try to rip people off because uh, one day it's gonna go against you. And and also, uh, I just say that it's very easy in the U.S., guys. It's just very easy to invest. It's so easy to make money. So easy. I I created three businesses in one year last year. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And, uh, and this year, and it's so easy. And this it's, year, it's a, it's crazy. Yeah, it is so easy. So, stop complaining. Uh, only you can help yourself and yeah. go out there and, and really uh, do it. You know, it might work, it might not work. But if you never do it, you'll never know. And I'm definitely going to have you back on. So I'll reach out to you. We're definitely going to have to do a part two because okay. I have some questions that I know that are going to come in. But I want to leave with this question. Um, because we didn't really talk about it, but let's talk about it as the last question. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. the crew here to hold off on the other questions and we'll set up a part two. I'll just text you and we can find out and figure another okay. Thursday yeah. just so the audience knows. It seems to be the sure. days that we're... But working with your parents and then building a business with your parents, a lot of people in the United States, and, and I've been in the family business, they struggle with the family dynamic because our family dynamic isn't set up to be family business dimensional yeah. the same way it is in Europe because the, the legacy and stuff like the mindset's just not the same. So can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and yes, it's, uh, I think the value of family is much more important in France than it is in the U.S. Uh, people, uh, it, it might even come from what we we're talking about that there's so much comfort and abundance here that people don't realize that the, the the thing that matters the most is is your family you know it's uh you wouldn't be here without your parents they wouldn't be here without your grandparents all, all that it's uh people don't see uh, the the big the big picture you know uh, they don't think of what they're going to leave to this world what uh you know like um this is just very, very important for French people. It's, it's of course, less and less the case, unfortunately, with the world nowadays. But uh, uh, we value this so much. I wanted my, my parents. I wanted them to see their grandchildren. They wanted to be with us. We've always... Uh, I don't even know how to explain to you uh, why it wouldn't be this way. For me, it's the opposite that's strange. I want someone to explain to me why they wouldn't want to be with their family. Uh, I mean, I, I know not all families are perfect sometimes. Yeah, hate, I agree with you. You know, our, our, our brother, we, your uncle, your parents were, were real, really bad with you. Okay, yes, I, I won't necessarily talk about this type. But if, if you love your family, uh, it's the biggest value, the biggest wealth you have. And we, uh, of course, it's not easy at all working at a restaurant like my father. And my, my, my mother, it's fine. But, you know, my father is my father. We're both owners of the restaurant. And, yeah. we, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're very, very... Uh, strong-headed so it's hard for him to listen to what I say and it's hard for me to listen to what he says and of course there's a we clash sometimes and all that but but that's the beauty of family of course there's issues but it doesn't matter because it's my father it's my mom I'm their son and we love each other at the end and and that's the biggest strength you can have in a business because you're never going to betray each other and everything you do you do it for for each other you know so but, you know, it's not 100% easy. <laughs> so um, that being said, I have another question here. One is, how old are you, just out of curiosity? Uh, I'm going to be 32 uh, Monday. Very cool, dude. I was not. I was expecting to be much older. You have a much older soul. So 
I just ask and Thank just you. because no, I'm yeah, very I moved, impressed. Like I moved seven years ago in the US, so yeah. I, was, I was 25. Yeah, and you know, I'm like I'm gonna come hang out with you. We're gonna be friends. I already yeah. feel it just because our our, <laughs> our core values are so similar and I feel like mm-hmm. and to your point is when we surround ourselves with similar people and friends and spouses and other entrepreneurs, like we compound that energy for the better man. And I think like us doing this and being a national, we can compound it that yeah. much more. So that's the first question. The second one before we go is, are you when it comes to the World Cup, do you vote for America or you vote for France? I mean, that's the thing right <laughs> uh, now, right? Because I mean, France just won the last World Cup. Uh, yeah, I think you know the answer already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, France is just... Uh, I used to support Italy too because I love them, yeah, but they didn't even qualify for Again, this World Cup. Again, two so. years in a row after going undefeated. I, I just I am I'm, blown away. I'm glad I'm not a, from Italian origin. I'm sorry about you, but. Yeah, jeez, it's been bad. <laughs> I mean, we went and crushed it and won, did all the Euros, and then it's just like, I don't even know what to even. It's one of those things. Yeah. But the United States didn't qualify either. And I went to the World Cup in Russia, I went to seven games. So the oh, United yeah, yeah. States didn't go and Italy didn't go. And my life transitioning didn't allow Qatar to be part of my thing, but I love soccer to a passion. But I will yeah. tell you, I got to see France play in the last World Cup against, um, gosh, I can't remember. I want to say Denmark, but yeah. um, it was a tie game. And but Mbappe, Mbappe is one wow, of the fastest incredible. dudes I have ever seen, and I oh, don't know. He's he, and. He he takes off. If anyone's watches American football, there's really really fast athletes. They're few. They almost bunny hop as they start to take off. It's yeah, almost yeah. a weird thing. Like they have this weird spring that their body's preloaded to be fast. Like it's almost a preloaded windup. And he has got that. And he is so. He's one of the most talented players. Like I am with the right system and the right coach. And maybe it is leaving PSG eventually. I don't know, but that guy, and he's so young, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, he is, he is. I mean, uh, so. if it wasn't for him, like the, the start of this World Cup would be different. He yeah. scored so much, and Giroud also. Both are like the yeah. dream team, so it's uh, we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, France has a good team. I mean, and it works. And one of the reasons is again, if we go back to it, it's immigration. They've allowed groups to come in and fill the population and the jobs and those youth have a hunger in them because they've seen Mm -hmm. it in their parents as entrepreneurs trying to make it and that hunger manifests itself into sports in some cases or or musicians or restaurateurs but it's important that we understand that 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 second generation of immigrants that come in a lot of them try to take the easy job and they're encouraged to not struggle like their parents and lawyers but there's also like a 20% that makes way more than the 80% in the long run, which is mm-hmm. the, the the second generation or the third generation entrepreneurs that pick up on this, that attitude of making it and struggling and the hustle to make it, and it becomes part of their ethos, and it becomes yeah. no matter how much they do, how well they do, there's always that, and it's that for me. I cannot I, stop. If I have too much time on my hands, I'm going out and working. I will figure out yeah. something. I will hustle to and, hand uh, out cards or just talk to people. It doesn't matter. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you say this, and it's uh, yeah, second, third generation entrepreneur, and they also have something that that the first generation entrepreneur does not necessarily have. It's resources. Yeah. Uh, and and this is what we talk about legacy. That's what I'm trying to do for my own children. I want to create a, a, a legacy and resources and money 
that one day hopefully they will use that I did not have when I, you know, when I started. I was mowing people's lawn. I was hauling junk, and and now I have I had four businesses, and uh, you know I, I'm doing this for my children. So never forget about legacy and what you're gonna give to your children. You know. Uh, wow, this has been an extremely impactful episode. I'm gonna leave it there, and we'll okay. schedule a part two. Thank you so much for for everything. Give us your you. Instagram again and the address of your restaurant just one more time, yeah, and then I'm gonna uh, say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, I mean, my personal is is Mel's American Dream, all attached. Uh, but the restaurant is a Once Upon a Time in France, and it's 1102 Gallatin Avenue in uh, East Nashville. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Please, if you like what you're getting out of the content, we have no advertisements. There's nothing on any of these entrepreneurs come in here. They're sharing their stories to help other entrepreneurs and also inspire and motivate people. So if there's someone out there that's an entrepreneur or someone in the food space or someone just struggling in life for direction, I guarantee an entrepreneurial journey helps with that struggle. It provides weird solutions in life that we struggle in. And, and even if you have things that are going wrong or mental illness, I got to tell you the discipline and the stuff that happens by being an entrepreneur and having something to focus on and have purpose is life-changing. So I just want everyone to think about it and it's freeing and, and it adds a whole new purpose. So please share it on. You never know when you can help. That's why I do this. If I can help one person with each episode, that's all I want to do. You know, that's enough for me for a legacy or a foundation. And even if it's one episode total out of all of them I ever do helps one person, great. I was worth the effort. And that's how I look at it. So I wanted to tie that in. And again, find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. Thank you, everyone. And we're out. All right. <laughs>